This is the Byron Bledsoe podcast, senior pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, welcome to C3 and thank you for hanging out with us today for the next few moments. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever thought about how the conversations you've had in life have shaped you? Our conversations, I think more than we realize, really shape who we are. I remember back as a young kid, I don't remember the age that I, I had this conversation the first time, but I do remember my dad telling me, and I remember hearing this several times, about how when he was 14 years old, he woke up one morning, was supposed to go out of town with his mom and his little sister to see family a few hours away, and he decided not to go to, to go into school that day. And he would come home from school later that day, and he and his dad would receive a phone call that his mom and his little sister had been killed in a car wreck. He's 14 years old, and his entire world changed. That was my dad's story. It was what he experienced. But hearing that, even as a little kid, impacted me in a huge way because the conversations we have shape us. And I believe this morning, the conversation we're going to have for the next few moments can shape the rest of 2021 and the rest of your life and my life. I remember I was 15 years old and Mr. Doolin, who was the Bible study teacher for the 10th grade guys at the church I went to, he came by our home, knocked on the door. We had a conversation. And in that conversation, he said something like, I'm visiting all the guys in our Bible study because I just want to know, do you know, do you know, if something were to happen to you, Do you know that you would spend forever with God? Have you settled that issue in your life? And that conversation shaped me where it wasn't even a year later that I surrendered my life, committed my life to Christ. I became a Christ follower. I think about Angie. I met Angie, my bride, when I was 15 years old. And we've known each other all these years. We dated in high school. We got married. And I think about the many conversations that we've had over the years that have shaped me, that have shaped our future. Now, for us, it's been a little bit challenging because I speak Texan and she speaks Shakespearean. She was an English literature major. So we've had to, we've had to try to figure out how to communicate. And she's gotten used to, she now knows that that look on my face when I have no idea what words mean that she's saying. And I've learned over the years, a lot of times to just kind of smile and nod and just try to figure it out as I go. But the conversations we have and the conversations you have in your life, they shape us. We've all had those conversations that, that impact how we think. And we communicate with people in conversations about things we care about. And it develops us. It it creates our future. But if that's true, then why don't we have more conversations with the God who created us? If conversations are so much a part of our lives, if, if we talk out our plans, if we talk through our feelings, if we talk through our thoughts, then why don't we do that more with prayer? Because I think for many of us, prayer is sort of like the national anthem at a sporting event. We start with it. We know we're supposed to do it. 
we roll through it because we have it all memorized, but it really has no impact at all. It's completely disconnected from everything that's going to happen in the game. And so in the same way, we, we sometimes can roll through our prayers, the same prayer we pray every night before dinner, the same prayer we pray every night before we go to sleep, the same prayer we pray right before we take the test or right before we have the interview. We kind of have these prayers that we roll through because we feel like we're supposed to, and after all, couldn't hurt, maybe it'll help, but it remains ultimately so disconnected, so separated from the field of play in our lives. And so this morning, I, I want to talk about how, how can we pray? How can we have these conversations with God in an effective way? In today's masterclass, how do we pray in a way that we know God's hearing it? How do we pray in a way that we know God will answer? What, what is prayer ultimately, and does it really work? I think it's important to understand that when we pray, when we pray, it's not so that we can get God to do something we want him to do, but he doesn't really want to do. That's not what prayer is. Prayer accesses God and prayer releases what he wants to do. Prayer is asking God up there to do something down here. And when we pray, I think one of the reasons that a lot of times we don't pray, especially if you're a new Christ follower, prayer can feel sort of awkward. And I think one of the reasons sometimes we don't pray is we've observed other people pray and it's weird. Like some people when they pray, it's, it's just weird. And prayer is not supposed to be like that. Also, when we pray, we don't have to change our voice. Have you ever heard somebody say, okay, okay, let's pray. Dear God, and they just completely change. It becomes formal, and maybe it becomes a little bit louder because God, he's been there a long time. He's kind of old. He's probably hard of hearing, so we need to pray loud. Or some people pray, and they just pray in a very soft tone. And it's like, why, why, why are we talking so softly? Listen, when you pray, the voice that God wants to hear is your voice. And so you don't have to change your voice when you pray. Maybe one of the reasons God hasn't been answering your prayers is he doesn't recognize who it is. You use an entirely different voice. Now, that's not true. We know that God knows who we are, but, but think about it. Prayer is not an act that we put on. Just be you. Just talk like you would talk to anyone else. When we pray, another thing is we don't have to be super emotional, we need to be passionate about the things that we're, we're, we feel passionate about, but we don't have to be super emotional. You don't have to cry every time you pray. Have you ever been around somebody that every time they pray, it, it can be right before some, some kind of game, and they call everybody, okay, let's pray before the game, and then they start praying, and they're crying immediately. Now, it's completely okay to cry, but think about it. Moms and dads, if you cry every time you pray, we begin in a subtle way to teach our kids prayer makes you sad. Aren't there some things we can pray about? Aren't there some conversations we can have with God that, that it's, it's not that we have to cry? We don't have to go into this mode that maybe we've been taught. It's fine to t- show emotion, but we don't need to press ourselves into the same emotion every time because we think when we pray, we have to do it like that. If I cried every time I talk to my bride, or if you cry every time you talk to your bride or your husband or your kids, if you cry every time you talk to your mom and your dad, they would think something's wrong. And so you don't have to work up emotion like that every time you pray. Another thing when we pray, you don't have to be somebody else. Have you ever noticed how some people imitate the way other people pray? 
especially in pastor world or in church world. I've noticed sometimes that people who don't really, they talk this way, but when they pray, it kind of changes like this, and oh, it's like that guy. And you can quickly begin to realize, man, they're just imitating. And maybe you found yourself doing that, how how your grandmother prays or how your dad prays. You've heard somebody pray, and when they prayed, you thought, man, that there's something happening there. I feel like they're really talking to heaven. Like the, 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 It's kind of unique. It's kind of different. And we can imitate how they do it without experiencing what they're doing. You know, I've, I've never met anybody, I've never met anybody who said, you know, I, I feel like I pray too much. I feel like I'm just praying too much. Why? Why don't we pray more? Because in life we have crisis and when turmoil hits and we, we're walking through stress or we're facing some kind of danger, when life is in chaos, it seems like we often do more of everything else than praying. And we talk to everyone else about it other than God. So why don't we pray more? Why don't we pray more often? I think honestly one of the reasons, have you ever felt like you're praying but it feels like you're just talking to yourself. And I get that. Prayer is how we talk to God. It's the way we communicate with God, but we don't hear God talking back to us. It doesn't feel like a conversation. That's because when we read the Bible, that's how God talks to us. Prayer is how we talk to God. Reading scripture is how God talks to us. But prayer can feel like I'm just, I'm just talking to myself. And you might, you might think, yeah, I don't do that because I don't talk to myself. Really? I think you do. You've been driving down the expressway or driving down I-4, maybe if you live in central Florida or wherever you live on the highway, and somebody cuts you off. And you know what you probably start doing? You start talking in your car to somebody in another car, and they can't even hear you. You're really talking to yourself. And if it was bad enough, you'll even talk to other drivers that can't hear. Do you see what they just did? Yeah, that, that was ridiculous. Like, you're talking to people that can't hear you and don't care what you're saying and you're talking to yourself, but it doesn't feel like it because you're engaged in that moment. We all do that. Do you, do you talk to your pets? When you get home from work, do you go in the house and the dog's there and you change your voice to that higher tone and you talk to your pet and you tell him he's such a good boy or she's such a good girl and they're just looking at you? You, you do understand they're not talking back. You're not having a conversation. You're talking to yourself. Or maybe, hey, the Super Bowl. I don't know who you're pulling for, but if you love sports, have you ever, have you ever talked to your TV? Have you ever been watching a game and gotten so into it? Why do you keep calling the same play? It's obvious that play is not going to work. It hasn't worked the 15 times you, you've called it during the game, and you're busy, and you get engaged in it because you think you're coaching, but really, you're talking to a TV, and nobody cares in that little box what you're saying or what your opinion is. You're talking, ultimately, to yourself. Other drivers, your pets, your TV, can't hear you and don't care what you're saying. They don't care about your opinions or your thoughts. But our God, even though it may feel sometimes like we're talking to ourselves, our God can hear us. And Scripture teaches us He deeply cares about our opinions and about our feelings. Why, when we can talk to other drivers or our pets or our television, when we can do that so easily, why do we feel weird about talking to our God, our creator, the creator of the universe, 
who's invited us to call him Father. Yeah, but I wish he would talk back sometimes. I wish somehow when I pray, you might be thinking, I just wish I knew he was hearing me. I, I would feel so much better if I just knew, if, he, if every now and then he would just say, I hear you. Listen, prayer's primary purpose is connecting with God through him hearing from me. Remember, this is huge. As you grow in your Christian faith, how we hear from God is reading scripture. How he hears from us is in our praying. Recently, Angie and I were in Texas for a few days, visiting family and, and connecting out there a little bit. And one of the things I love to do, in fact, I don't even have to be out of town to do this. You let a couple days go by, and I want to talk to my grandkids. And one of the things I love doing is FaceTiming with my grandkids. And when I FaceTime with my grandkids, um, I'm older than them. I'm wiser than them. I have more experience. There are a lot of things I could teach them about life that they don't know yet. But when I FaceTime with my grandkids, I am not interested in what I have to say. I want to hear their voice because I love them. I want to hear from them. And I know they don't know everything I know. I know they don't have life figured out. And so much of what they're going to talk to me about, if you were to analyze it, would seem, would seem so insignificant. It, it would seem so simple. Some of the things they worry about sometimes, it, it, it's just like, oh man, you, you don't even know what a real problem is. If you were to analyze it, but I don't go into an analytical mode because I love them. I am completely captured by their words. I just want to hear from them. And that's what prayer is. Our God loves us so much. He craves hearing from us. And we know that God answers prayer. We know that here. We know we're supposed to believe that as Christ followers. We know that he promises to answer our prayer, but God often answers our prayer, not in the moment we're praying, but he answers our prayers through his word. He answers our prayers maybe through a sermon or a conversation with a friend. And so I think a greater understanding of what prayer is, God wants to hear from you. When's the last time God heard from you? I, I don't mean the thing that you heard your dad or your grandmother pray before a meal, and so you just, you chant these words before a meal, but there, there's, your, your brain's not even there. You know it so well, you can be thinking about the weather and not even focused on what you're saying, but you call it prayer, and that's not prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, the disciples are around Jesus and he's just finished praying. And the Bible says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now think about this. Out of all of the disciples that just heard him pray, I mean, can you imagine what it would be like? Maybe you've been around somebody that when they pray, you feel like, man, God, God listens to that person. I don't understand it. I don't know how to explain it. But when they pray that you just feel something inside, it's like, man, that, that's different than how most people pray. I can't break it down, but there's something there. there. There's a unique power in that. Can you imagine what it would have been like to hear Jesus pray? Or can you imagine what it would have been like sitting around the table and Jesus is sitting there and he calls on you to pray before the meal? I mean, can you imagine just being around who Jesus was? He just finished his praying and out of all the disciples, only one of them, only one of them asked, hey, would you teach us to do that? Why didn't they all ask? Because we're insecure and we don't like asking for directions. 
And they didn't like asking. They didn't want to admit the rest of them. Hey, yeah, we don't know how to do it like that. But one of them hungered so much and wanted it so much that he said, Jesus, can you can you please teach us? There's something about the way you pray that's different. There's something that 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 I sense that I feel that I experience. It's different when you pray. Can you show us how to do that? And then Matthew chapter six, verse five, it's been called the Lord's Prayer where Jesus gives us this model of how to pray. And today, typically, I use the New International Version uh, of Scripture. But today, I want to look at the message translation because I think sometimes we can become so familiar with something that hearing it from a different perspective impacts on a deeper level. The message is not really a translation. It's a paraphrase, but it captures the essence and the idea of what Scripture teaches about this, this kind of prayer, the way that Jesus said, hey, if you want to pray effectively, if you want your prayers to reach God, if you want your prayers to be answered, this is how you pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you come before God, there is this assumption on the part of Jesus that you and I are going to pray. Jesus prayed. Often we find places in Scripture where Jesus prayed. And if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do I need to pray? So he says, and when you come before God, you're going to, it's an assumption, as a follower of Jesus, you're going to want to communicate with your heavenly Father. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame, Do you think God sits in a box seat? When you pray, just be you. When I talk to my grandkids on FaceTime, I don't want them to pretend to be somebody else. I want to hear from them. It's been called the Lord's Prayer. But really, I think it should be called our prayer. Because he's giving us a model of how to pray, and in it, he's going to show us that we need to ask for forgiveness of sins, but Jesus didn't need to ask for any forgiveness of sins. He gives us this prayer. It's, it's, it's not a prayer to be repeated. It's a model to be followed. Now, you know what's fascinating to me? In the next few verses, Jesus is going to roll through, when you pray, if you want God to hear it, when you pray, if you want it to be effective, when you pray, if you want God to answer it, if you want to connect with God in this supernatural way that he's made available, Jesus goes through this prayer and it takes, it takes about 15 to 20 seconds for Jesus to pray this prayer. There have been volumes written on prayer. There are books that could fill libraries just about prayer. And yet when Jesus is asked, teach us how to pray, he doesn't take hours. He takes 15 to 20 seconds. That's it. Because Jesus takes the complicated and makes it simple. And I think often in life, and maybe this is one of the reasons that that we don't pray very much sometimes, Christians take the simple and make it very complicated. Maybe you haven't prayed much because it feels so complicated. You think it will take hours of time and you're not sure how to do it or what that would look like. And you found yourself when you tried, you really needed God to do something. Someone that you love is sick and in the hospital or there's a, there's a crisis that you're going through in a relationship and you need God to do something and you try to pray. But after a very short time, you find your mind wandering and it's, it's not because what you're trying to talk to God about isn't important. It's just because trying to engage in that seems challenging. There's not a lot of experience. There. No, according to Jesus, 15 to 20 seconds 
will do the trick. Because when you and I enter the presence of God, just a few seconds can change our lives. And so Jesus says, hey, it's not that complicated. And so when I'm praying, based on this verse, am I performing or praying? Because they're two different things. And why are we more concerned so often with what other people think about our prayer than the God that we're praying to? Notice verse six. Here's what I want you to do. Jesus saying this. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. This isn't an act. Just be you. And just be there as simply and honestly as you can imagine. As simply and honestly. Man, I, I am so grateful that we have a God who's big enough and loves us enough. We can just be honest with him. You don't have to pretend some high level of religion to communicate with God. You can be who you are. We, we can be honest. You don't have to pretend that you've got certain things together. God already knows it all anyway. And so he says, hey, when you pray, just, just do it as simply and honestly as you can imagine. And as you pray, scripture says, the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. There are people that will say, when you pray, it's got to be like this. And listen, familiar words just repeated without any thought. God, Father, God, God, I come to you, Father. I I need this, God. And our Father, Father, God, God. How many times did Jesus call God Father in this prayer? One. One. I don't go to Angie and say, Angie, I want to talk to you about this. Angie, I need, Angie, what about this? Angie, my bride, Angie. No, it's a simple conversation. And then verse, the next verse, this is what your father, this is your father you're dealing with. This is your father. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. You're, you're entering a conversation with someone who loves you deeply. You're not entering a conversation where you have to convince somebody to love you. You're you're entering talking to someone who loves you deeply. And then Jesus says, pray like this. He doesn't say pray this. He says pray like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Our Father, it's how it begins. So it reminds me that when I'm praying, I'm not praying as a single child. I'm praying as one among many siblings. I think we need to always be mindful that God is our Father. And then in the verse, as I mentioned, he only calls him Father once. There's no babbling. There's no tradition of wasted words. There's no repeated phrases. When we pray, it's like we're praying not like we're an only child because that, if we're not careful, we can get in the place where we're only thinking of and praying for ourselves and that creates conflicts in the family. See, one of our dad, our father's greatest desires throughout scripture is that we get along with and care for and love our siblings. In fact, did you know we remove the power from our prayer when we aren't connected with and getting along with our siblings in the faith? He begins with our Father. This isn't ritual. This isn't religious. This is relational. Our Father. This is not to a God that's way up there. This is to a Father that's right here. 
And then the next verse, keep us alive with three square meals. There's this acknowledgement that God, you are our provider. Everything I have ultimately comes from you. Everything I have comes from you. And that's one of the amazing things about, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, putting God first financially. When I trust God like that, when I bring the tithe to the local church and I give offerings and I lean into generosity, I'm trusting God as my provider. God, you're the one that's taking care of me anyway. And my protector, keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Before I need God to keep me safe from the enemy, I need, to keep, I need him to keep me safe from me. Because I have, just like you have, I have this amazing ability to talk myself into things that have nothing to do with God and pretend it's God. I have this amazing ability to talk to people about things where I, I know they're going to tell me what I want to hear rather than really seeking what God has to say. And so this prayer, God, protect me. Keep me safe from myself. Because nobody can mess your life up. Nobody can mess my life up better, better than you, better than me. And then he says, you're in charge in the prayer, praying to God. God, you're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. In prayer, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. And that's huge. You can't get forgiveness from God, Scripture says, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. So if we don't forgive people that God loves, we can't ask Him to forgive us. And forgiveness is tough. Forgiveness is that thing that we weren't created to do. Forgiveness is supernatural. It's not something that comes from us. It's something we have to seek God about. And forgiveness is something that can happen over and over and over again. As that thing pops in your mind, as you drive by somewhere, there was a bad conversation and it brings it all back up. As you, as you remember the people that have hurt you or the things that have disappointed you, it, it comes back up and you might think, man, I thought I'd forgiven that. When you relive, forgive. When you relive, forgive. And you might have to do that hundreds of times every day where you create a default position in your life of, okay, God, I'm still struggling with this. I forgive because forgiveness means I'm choosing to release it to the Father. I love what Ian Bounds says. Ian Bounds, who's written books on prayer, incredible books, he says, prayer puts God in the matter with commanding force. So where are those areas in your life that you can come simply and honestly and just say, God, I need your commanding force in this area of my life. So what are we going to do this week? This week, what does this look like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? How do we do this? Here's what we're going to do when we pray. There's some things we need to keep in mind. And I was thinking about the Super Bowl tonight. How do we score when it comes to praying? Here it is. It's going to be simple. Remember he said, come simply and honestly. It's going to be confident. Scripture says that as children of God, we're invited to come into the throne room of God with boldness and make our requests known to Him. It's going to be often. Scripture says we're to pray without ceasing. It's going to be real. Remember the verse said, come simply and honestly. And it's going to be engaged and focused. When you pray, get in a place where you can focus on God. Simple, confident, often real, engaged. Score. That's how you score. That's how I score when it comes to prayer. And praying like this will change your life. Praying like this will change your marriage, your family, your careers, your relationships, your finances. Praying like this, simply and honestly, coming before God 
with confidence, often being real and engaged. Just 15 to 20 seconds. And the beautiful thing about 15 to 20 seconds is you can do that multiple times throughout the day. That's how we pray without ceasing. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for every single person listening today. And I pray that as we we think about prayer, that this week we we would put this in place. We would pray each day and spend some time with you as we begin each day communicating with you, talking to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe today you know that the prayer that you need to pray is the prayer to invite Jesus to be your personal Savior. You may have been religious. You may have been trying to do good. You may be better than a ton of people. But at the end of the day, you know that the thing that you need is the same thing that I needed, forgiveness of our own sins. And you know that life really begins when you begin a relationship with Jesus. So today, you'd like to invite him to come into your life. The best prayer you can pray, the first prayer you pray that sets up God listening to every other prayer is inviting Jesus to be your Savior. If you'd like to do that today, just pray this simple prayer. You can pray it quietly in your heart or you can pray it out loud. Just say, Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life and forgive my sin. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I would love to know that. I'd love to be able to pray for you this week by name, so I want to invite you just to shoot me a text. You can text just your first name to 407-487-8311. 407-487-8311. Shoot me your first name so that I can be praying for you by name this week, and, and I'd love to send you a gift, so shoot me that text. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.